The Greenwood and Mulliner Show is proudly sponsored by Casa San Lorenzo Gosforth, the best Italian cuisine in the Northeast. Reserve a table today on 0191213 or visit casasanlorenzo.co.uk. Newcastle Fans TV. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Greenwood and Mulliner Show here on Newcastle Fans TV. Wow, what a show we have in prospect for you today, boys and girls. Just finished recording it, haven't we? Sam Mulner. Incredible. We've got the post interview glow that we've recorded a belting podcast. Spirits are high. Very high, very high indeed. Sam Mulner, we have just spoken to the former goalkeeping coach of Newcastle United, Simon Smith. And my first question, which I'm going to give away to our fantastic podcast listeners was Simon's been at the club where there's been a real strong caliber of goalkeepers. Mm. And that's just a gratitude for how well he's done. When you look at the the, the goalkeepers that we'll, we've spoken about in particular, Shea Kevin, Steve Harper, Martin Dubravka, Carl Darlow, but he knows a goalkeeper, doesn't he? Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, right. Shea Given stories, Steve Harper stories, Freddie Woodman stories, Carl Darlow stories, Martin Dubravka stories, um, some, oh, just the Sir Bobby Robson stories. Who doesn't love a Sir Bobby Robson story? Exactly. No, just everyone loves Sir Bobby Robson stories. Of that, there are they are bountiful, and this is just this is this is the best one we've done in a, a good while. Not to say the others were bad, because I love everyone of our podcast dearly, um, and we've not spoken to a bad egg in 112 shows. Um, Simon is just a cracking guy. Um, seen so so much at Newcastle United the good, the bad, the ugly, and the next hour of your lives will be one of the, the most interestingly, uh, interestingly interesting for, for all things Newcastle United. Uh, it's, it's just, yeah, we're, we're buzzing after that one, aren't we? Really good. Yeah, it was fantastic. I really, really enjoyed that one. And I think the the thing that I gathered from Simon that he always wants to be better in terms of a goalkeeping coach. And that really showed on how his goalkeepers wanted to be better, how they could improve, how could they get that little bit, that extra one or 2% that can make them an even better goalkeeper in the longer term. And when you look back, really, Sam, over the many years, I can't really think of many blatant errors. Now, I know Simon talks about different sort of errors and we'll go on to the stories in the podcast, but there's been like poor performance. There's been poor performances, but there's not been one absolute howler. Like you think of, this is the one I'm going to mention is a goalkeeper he's worked with, but before Simon was there, like Shea Given against Coventry, the Dion Dublin thing. I know you're probably a bit too young, Johnny, to remember that. Um, but no, 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 I, I do remember that one because if you if Shagan and Sunday in another TV show, sorry to steal, but it's, I think it's a good joke actually. He says he's the only Irishman that didn't know where Dublin was. Oh, <laughs> lovely stuff. Classic Irish bands. I love that. Oh, it's the best joke you've said in 112 shows, and you've nicked it from Shay Given. Lovely. Oh, what a treat. But yeah, no, that, that's just, um, I, I seem to remember, I'm not sure if she said it on air or 
when we were speaking to it off air. But if you remember way, way back, one of the first shows we did, one of the biggest names we got in the early days, Carly Telford, she said she'd worked with Simon Smith and she was like full of, full of praise for him. Um, just what a legend he is. Um, and, you know, I, like, of course, he's out of work now at the moment. He's left the club and we obviously wish him all the best and he wants to carry on. Um, he wants to carry on, so fingers crossed he, he gets a new job soon. Um, Rafa Benitez stories. Rafa Benitez stories as well. Honestly, lads and lasses, this this one's a belter. It is. It's, it's, it's incredible. It, I have to be honest, I didn't know what he could say, what he couldn't say, but oh my goodness, incredible. Mm. Absolutely incredible. Some fantastic stories. The Savoy Robson stories are not to be missed. Again, Savoy Robson is a hero of every Newcastle United supporter. And again, they're just, they're just story, not to be missed. A story he tells in this has not been heard anywhere else in the world. And it's only on the Green and Show here on Newcastle Fans TV. That just tells you everything. But Sam, before we end this and we let people listen, it's been an okay few episodes. Like a little episode, a few episodes catch up, if you like, on our introductions. But we have got some uh, big, so big I, things I, coming I, up. Yeah, last week's was the best bits. I like to see them as like rounding off a series. So we're we're starting afresh now, and we're we're fueled up and we're ready to go. And we're starting on fire with Simon Smith. So grab your Casa San Lorenzo and uh, tuck in and enjoy the podcast and and the the quality Italian food. Exactly, exactly. And we have got a few more episodes until we hope until we can get a Casa San Lorenzo special with Sam to do that. We're going to be there. Mile, 200 mile journey. We're hoping to have and it's some worth sort. It. it is worth it. It is worth it. For the finest Italian cuisine, I would literally go to Italy, but I'm not. I'm, go, I'm coming to Gosforth, which is the next best thing. Exactly. But Sam, do you want to tell everybody when you're coming up next? Because I, uh... no, because what if what, what what if we? I mean, look, if this gets out in the press, Casa San oh, will be swarming. Go with people, with 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 well-wishers, with PCAST fans, GNM, <laughs> GNM lovers from all over the globe. So I think the date for now is very much TBC, um, even though it has been seed. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to release the date just yet, mainly because we've not got anyone booked in for that show yet. But, you not know, yet. <laughs> <laughs> the date's been set, but we ain't got a guest. Not long to go, though. Not long to go, that's all I will say. But, yeah, it's absolutely fantastic um, that we've got a couple of big-name guests coming up as well. So, mm. Simon Smith, brilliant. And we have got a couple more which you need to need to keep your eyes peeled for and your ears peeled for, if you like, for our podcast lovers out there. But, yeah, let's get this podcast up and running because we can't... Oh, I can't... We can't I'll waffle on anymore. anymore. We can't <laughs> waffle on anymore about it. It is a really, really good episode. So this is the Greenwood and Mulliner Show, and it is with Simon Smith. The Greenwood and Mulliner Show on Newcastle Fans TV. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Greenwood and Mulliner Show here on Newcastle Fans TV. Today, me and Sam are joined by a man who has spent 12 years at Newcastle United as the goalkeeping coach under some big-name managers and some big-name goalkeepers, including the likes of Shea Gibb and Steve Harper, and Martin Dubravka. So it's an absolute pleasure to introduce Simon Smith to the Greenwood and Molina show. Simon, welcome to the show here on Newcastle Fans TV. Thank you very much. It's, I'm, delighted, I'm delighted to be on and here. 
<laughs> Fantastic stuff, Sam. When yes. you look at the Newcastle goalkeeping caliber over the last, say, 20, 25 years, it's been at such a high standard, Sam, and Simon's made a Ooh. massive impact in regards to that. What would you say, Sam, is your fondest memories of goalkeeping caliber in terms of Newcastle, Sam? Um, go on. It's a, it's, it's, this, this is the thing, Simon, isn't it? Because like like Derek Wright, who we had on uh, last month, we're used to seeing your face and Derek's on the bench. And you've been working with some amazing talent over the last year. I mean, the likes of Shea Given day in, day out, Dubravka, and more recently, you, you could just got to have been the easiest job in the world. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I've I, I, been re- I've been really lucky. I use the word lucky. I've been really lucky that I've had that I've ended up, I should say, uh, through managers wanting an, another goalie, managers wanting their own goalie, um, having a bit of faith in myself. I'm going to say. So um, if I go right back to the start, Rude Hullett's the manager. Um, not happy with the goalkeeping staff. Uh, not, I don't mean staff, goalkeepers, sorry. Uh, you need to go and find me another goalie. So that was my first um, introduction. Um, obviously, we had a bit of an injury crisis uh, because I think both Shea and Steve were injured. So we got Tommy Wright on loan. Uh, went to look at a few goalies, not really required. Then we got John Carell's, Big John. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, he kept a clean sheet at Arsenal. He did. He did. And um, as Sir Bobby said to me when he got the job, he said, Simon, can you tell me why we've bought the 28th best goalie in Holland? I don't know how many teams there was in the league, but he obviously knew. And, I, and he, that was all he said. And it was like, all oh, right, OK, I see where you're coming from. Uh, and obviously at the start, I had Lionel Perez as well. So I had, I had Lionel. Um, yeah, you know, Sunderland fans' favourite. Solid keeper. Sunderland fans' favourite. And there, you you know, he, he thought that he was the best goalie at Newcastle United. So it was like, <laughs> it was a bit of deal with deal with that. You know, it's, you know, because I, I, what I'm going to come to in the end, um, and then as it, as it went on, obviously Shea and Harps got fit and then it became obvious that we needed a third choice. So, so Bobby just said to me one day, Simon, we need to find a third choice. Do you know anybody? Uh, I'd worked with Tony Cage at Carlisle. Uh, knew what he was like. I think he was at Hibs at the time. So he'd played 400-odd games for Carlisle, you know, and all that. Knew him as a lad. And I thought, yeah, for, for a backup, number three, fantastic. And, and he was, to be fair. I don't think he ever played, uh, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. But just for the group, as a support, as a example for the other two uh fantastic and then obviously when i've gone back um i had tim and robbie elliott who i mean to say that was slightly unlucky both got injured big yeah. and big injuries not just you know you know um and then eventually i've got i've got martin's arrived and then um obviously carl's there been there since i went back and again, it was a, a similar kind of thing. Um, do, you, do you know any, anybody who can be, who's going to be a, a very good third choice? Can play if you need. And when you, when I say play, I don't mean can play half a season. I mean can play two. And I'm not, I'm not 
I am being a bit disrespectful, but I don't mean it in that way. You, you wouldn't put them in for a period of time. You might get two or three games. Uh, don't get me wrong, they might flourish like Martin did and never look back. But um, Mark came and, again, played a couple of games in the Cup and was great for the group. So I've, I've, I've been really lucky that I've had, by choice, by luck, whatever you want to call it, two really good groups of all different, all got different strengths and weaknesses, but as a group to work with on a day-to-day basis have been really good. And and I think, well, I'd like to think that, I mean, the biggest part of it is the manager having trust in those goalies. And sometimes as the goalkeeping coach, you have to sell that, for want of a better way of putting it. And I've been, I've been, I've managed, and also the lads themselves do it because when they go in the training with the first team or the team and they perform, there's that, you know, because we have had goalkeepers on, on trial who have never um, made, made the grade, if you know what I mean. So they've come to the club with a reputation or not, a young lad maybe, and they never quite got to where you need them um, to get to. I mean, Martin would be the classic example. Obviously, we got Martin in on loan first and he came into training and he's had all the um, agility and speed and all the rest of it, but was he ready to play premiership football? And every day after training, even though he's watching, Rafa would say to me, what do you think, Simon? What's he been like today? What's he been like with you? I, I know what I've seen. Is he ready? And then to say, oh, I'm not sure yet. I think, I, th- I think it might be another week. To, and it, to be to be fair to him, he did. So I think we, I think probably we had three weeks. Crystal Palace being Carl's last game when he actually played really well. Funny enough, and then he comes to me and says, uh, "Play Man United at home next week." I've seen enough now. I'm going to play him. So 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 getting ready. So getting ready to play against Man United at home. All oh, right, okay. No pressure. <laughs> no, no pressure there. <laughs> you know. You know, the biggest thing with Martin was, it's, it's like, was he going to sink or swim? And to be fair to Martin, as we well know, the history of it is that he he, sw- he swam. <laughs> so I was delighted, I was delighted, you know. So Yeah, I was going to say, I, feel, I, I think, I was going to touch about Martin a little bit later on because I'm trying to get like, go towards the end. And I, I probably still will, but I suppose it works with the next question I was going to ask you, Simon, regards to maybe Shea Given and Steve Hart, because both tremendous goalkeepers both serve the club very, very well. Did the, did a manager ever come to you? I know ultimately they've got the final decision, who's yeah. going to get picked. But yeah. did they ever, ever say to you, in your professional opinion, who would you put in goal? Um, I never picked who played. And, and, and I think if, if, if Steve or Shea or Martin and Carl ever thought that, or, yeah, or any of them, Tim, Robbie, anybody, thought that I picked who played, my relationship with them wouldn't have been the same. Mm. And um, so much so that in a couple of occasions when it's gone wrong, and I say gone wrong, so Shea got left out. Um, I'm going back. Uh, gosh. It was a year we played Tranmere in the FA Cup. He left Shea out. Uh, I think he, we played Blackburn. He didn't do... I think he was, he was trying too hard at Blackburn, uh, being his former club. And he left him out. And he, he wasn't happy. He really was not happy about being left out. And But the manager said to me, or Sir Bobby said to me, 
Don't speak to him about it. I'll deal with that. You just, you know, deal with him on a day-to-day basis. If he wants to go in straight after training, because we used to stay out and do extra, but if he wants to go in, just let him go in. I'll deal with that side of thing. And to be fair to Rafa as well, he uh, was very similar on dealing with, at the time it was Robbie and Carl. Well, actually, it was, I, I, the, the first one was Matt Sells. Remember Matt Sells? Yeah. 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 So, so Matt came and he looked the part. And that, about, yeah, I mean, obviously playing for Strasbourg, Strasbourg now, so that's great. But maybe never quite at the level that we needed. Um, and handling the crowd and all the rest of it was going to be a bit of a struggle for him. And uh, I remember, you know, Rafa picked the team against Norwich and he left Matt out and he played Carl, but he didn't tell anybody. So we just, <laughs> so we named the team and they all like, oh, my, you know. And then mm-hmm. as as the meeting had finished, Rafa came past me, going out the door and he said, Simon, just sort that out. And it was like, oh, right, okay. But that was that was my role. But, but I, as I say, no, picking people who played, I learned very early that you need to be careful with that because we had an injury crisis in Sir Bobby's day and uh, he asked, um, I think Alan must have been injured, and he said, uh, and who could play? It was John, myself, John Carver, and uh, Paul Winsper, who was a fitness coach, and he said, um, who could play up front? He was really asking John, who else could play up front? And I, bravely, I thought, but later found out stupidly, said I thought that Lauren Robert could play up front. On his, you know, as a, as a striker, and so Bobby just looked at me and he said, "Simon, just stick to the goalkeeper." <laughs> I, learned, I, learned a, I learned in a very odd way that you know maybe, yeah, keep your stick to the stick to the goalkeeper and keep your opinions. <laughs> but no, as I say, that I think if if people had thought that I picked who played, as I say, that would have been a real difficult one to deal with. Because obviously you you have to be fair you have to be fair to them all and you have to be seen to be fair. And as I say, and the group of people that I've had and the goalies that I've worked with, I think have appreciated that I've always been honest and fair. Well, I've tried to you know I've tried to be. I've supported the one who's playing, and then obviously supported the one who isn't playing because only only I know, we all know, but only one can play. You know, keeping harps going for all those years, which was no fault of his own. It's only the fact that the other fellas playing out of his skin every week, you know, and the, and the same with Carl and Martin, you know, and, and, and still, and still given the, given the one who's not playing enough work to make sure that if he does have to play, he can. Yeah. It's, it's a balance, <laughs> a balancing act, I think really. I mean, I've got so many follow-up questions in what you've said there, and we're only 10 minutes in. Because, I mean, at first, I wanted to know just how rubbish Lionel Perez was. and then, But but my serious questions would be, why was... And I'll start with this one. I'll come back to a couple of others. But why was uh, Rafa so hell-bent on bringing, on, uh, bringing in a new goalkeeper when we already had Tim Krull? And he's brought in Matt Sells, who obviously you know way more yeah. than me about goalkeeping, but he seemed a good shot stopper, but that was it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, 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 be careful here, because I, I, I do genuinely believe that because there's a massive trust thing with, with managers and goalkeepers, and, and when you really come across it is when you're trying to get somebody out on loan. Yeah. So, you know, obviously we've had Fred, Freddie, 
great young goalkeeper, but trying to get them out on loan because the manager's job is actually resting, resting in their hands, so to speak. And I think, and I think it's the same even with their experienced managers is the fact that they actually want somebody that they can trust and rely on, and and sometimes the what they see. Um, I'm not. I was, I'm not saying they don't like, but mm. they, they may have seen better or different. So with 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 Rafa, it was um, the way he, the way he was wanting to go was to play out from the back, be comfortable with the ball at your feet, and he obviously felt at the time, that, which is it's quite funny. So that's why we got Martin because Martin is very comfortable with the ball at his feet, where some yeah. of the goalies have had you, when the ball's going back to them, you're thinking. Oh my God! I hope he connects. You know, that I'm, I'm at that level, but you know where. So we got Martin. But the funniest thing about it is, and I'm going to say this, that because that became obvious to Carl, Carl has worked his socks off, and I know he's not playing and he's injured at the moment, but he, he's improved that side of his game. And again, that's where I'm coming from with the group thing. So you know, and so there's bits of the strengths and weaknesses of each other you know, um, have an effect, hopefully, to make the group better. You know, like, it's yeah. been really nice because people have said, you know, you've had the strongest group at the club for years, but that's partly me, but it's obviously, it's them as well, you know, to want to improve and get better and ultimately play. But, but yeah, and I think with, I think with Tim, uh, I've got, I've got to say, the, the, it, at that time, he was, he was still struggling with his knee. And I, right. and I have to, and I have to hold me. I, I've known Tim for years, and I still speak to him now. He, he's done unbelievably well to come back like he has. I mean, I'll be honest. I took him. I took him the pre-season when he was first coming back, and I took him a couple of times. And I thought that he, he, he ain't going to make it. He really is not. He's not. And then he had the loan spell where we he wanted to go to Ajax, and then he ended up at FC Twenty, I think, or somewhere somewhere else. And even then, they they weren't convinced that he was going to be fit enough to play regularly. And then, obviously, he's come back, worked unbelievably hard. But by that time, we'd moved on. I hate that's an awful thing to say about it. But we're hard. We'd we'd moved on. You know, he's not fit. He can't play. So let's get somebody else. You know. So, and and Rob Rob was Rob was the same. You know, he, he he did ever so well to get back from the injury that he had. But again, by that time, Carl's coming through. We're talking about getting Martin, and you know, and all that type of thing. So the dynamics of that group changed because yeah. Rob really wanted to be the number three goalie. He's an Irish international, so you you know, there's there's all those things that you're dealing with. Now I'm speaking to you. Now I, I, I I'm not talking about goalkeeper. I'm talking about people like psychology. Really, that's and I think in, at the end, that's what it. There's a lot of yeah, dealing with people. Dealing with people. Do you think that's why perhaps that um, maybe the psychology side of things that Freddie Woodman just didn't quite grasp his chance when he finally got it? Because for years and years and years we got we like he's really good, he's really up and coming, and it, it just never he did well out on loan at Swansea, but it just didn't quite happen for him, did it? When he did get no. his chance? No. Um... Yeah, that that the the Freddie Woodman thing is a real. Um, you 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 could as you've just said, um, Sam. There's there's a bit of it where he, he had the ideal path, 
Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I had I had him because I worked for the FA before I came back to Newcastle. So I had him yeah. from under 16s, Victory Shield, came all the way, won the European Championships in Malta with him. He then went on to the 19s, 21s. He's going out on loan. So that path that Fraser's, Fraser Foster's followed, Tim's yeah. followed, you know, if people say is there a pathway, then that's probably it. If you're good enough and young enough and a manager will take you, then that's great. And then, I, I'm not, I don't want to speak for him, but I'm not sure whether he felt that the path then, by the time he's done all that, that the path at Newcastle had changed with getting Martin. So Martin becomes like the established number one. And it's like, ooh, the fans, the fans love him. The managers like him, you know, and then Fred comes back and, and he's desperate. And I mean, I have to say, I, I have not really met as many driven people as Fred, I've got to be honest, which is great. And that sometimes I had to try and hold him back. And then unfortunately, when he gets in the team, which is like the dream and I'm, Oh, great. You know, I was, I was going to say we've produced one of our own, but not quite, but you know what I mean? Yeah. He had COVID pre-season. Carl had COVID. He had COVID. So he misses half a pre-season. He could argue that the, the team wasn't the best, wasn't the best at the time, or you know, what I mean, maybe struggling slightly because of the weight. And I'm not saying that about the manager. I'm just saying the pre-season we were supposed to go here. We ended up going to York. It was a very bitty. You know, we couldn't field the team in one of the games because we didn't have enough players because half of them had gone down with COVID. And then all of a sudden he gets dropped in. And really, looking back, I said, I said this the other day. Looking back, we we the club um, possibly. Well, if we'd had a cup run and he played seven games in the first team in a cup run, whether it be FA Cup or League Cup, I, I would have felt happier for him to drop him into the, the four games that he played. But it was a bit like, it was a bit like, oh, he's played against, I can't remember who he played against. I'm, I'm thinking Cambridge, but I don't think it was Cambridge at St. James's. But he played and he did, and he was fine. But then all of a sudden dropping him into... Premier League, we need to win. Well, you, you lads like me are fans. It's like you need to you need to win every game, and and he's and he's just come into the team and say like, maybe not with the best preparation. Thought well, he he thought he was going out on loan, so he, he thought mm. he was going to Bournemouth, yeah. and then and then because the other two have collapsed, Martin's injured and uh, Charles got COVID. It's like oh well, sorry, you can't go out on loan, which is what you really wanted to do to go to Bournemouth. Yeah, but now you can play for Newcastle United in the Premier League, and it's yeah, it was it was tough. But I still think uh, going to Preston as and going going to Preston, if you know, what I mean, not going on loan. Um, I always thought with Fred, if I'm being really honest, physically, he was a little bit behind. And I think in a few years' time, I, I think he might well develop into a. He's never going to be an Allison shape, if you know what I mean. But he'll be a yeah. Hugo Loris shape, Loris shape. So I still think with Fred, and I'm not saying that the club's made a mistake because you you can't wait, you can't wait forever. But but I, I think it'll be very interesting. I'll I'll be interested to see how he actually turns out by the age of well, 27, 28, to see if he's turned into a, to a bloke. That's the probably the best way I can put it. Goalkeeping. Not a problem, 
You know, as I yeah. say, attitude, application, technique, got it. But there was just for me that little bit of physicality that he needed to get to be a Premier League goalie. And as I say, you know, that's great, isn't it? And people talk to me about goalkeeping development. No, isn't it great? And you've got um, Dan Langley coming through, who's at Gateshead on loan, and you've got Max Thompson who's playing for England. It's great. But it's like, well, yeah, it's great. But, you know, one, one of them's got 10 years before he's going to be Newcastle's goalie. And, and, that, and like I'm saying, but in that time, he'll have been out on loan and he might have played for international and all the rest of it, which is great. But there's a bit of, you know, Newcastle United needing three points on Saturday, <laughs> Saturday as well. So, but that, that, that makes it, the other side of that, that makes the job interesting. And, and that, as I say, that group of three, that group of three, whoever that might have been, Shane Harps or and, and Tony or the three now, um, were great with the young goalies, I've got to say. Really good. Accepted them into training, helped them, you know, spoke to them. Yeah, I've got to say that's that's been, a, for, for me as the coach, that, that's been a massive plus point because I haven't had to do it. They've done it. So, yeah. From your experience and what you've experienced throughout your footballing career, Simon, has your training changed massively in terms of maybe when you were training Shade, Steve, to maybe how you were training Martin and Carl towards him? Because yeah. I, I feel I feel like when from an out, outside, you, you, you may see the same sort of goalkeeper routine, maybe in like obviously training pictures, training videos, but I, I believe it's a lot more difficult than it seems. And I can imagine you've got to try and be creative in your ways. Like, I could be completely wrong, but yeah. could you explain? Could you explain like what what your uh, procedure yeah, sure. was in doing a goalkeeping session? Before I, before I get to the session, so whoever I got, the the plan is identify their strengths and weaknesses. So identify their strengths and weaknesses, see what they're good at. Like I say, that they're all different. And then and then after that, it there's two sides to it. There's me. There's then dealing with the individual for his strengths and weaknesses. So an example would be Shea Givens' distribute kicking. When when I first got the job, and you might not be happy with me saying it, wasn't very good. He needed to work on it, and he knew it. But we spent hour, and I'm being honest, hour upon hour in an afternoon, kicking the ball backwards and forwards like two kids you'd see in the park. And in the end, he he, he was actually a decent. Well, he was great because he could hit it up to Alan, who caught, who took it on his chest, or he could hit it over the top to Bellas, who would chase it. So. That that's just it, and, and it's the same like I was saying before with Carl and Martin. So Martin comes and nice comfortable with his feet, but there's that thing of dealing with individual strengths and weaknesses, and then taking them all as a group for what you'd probably describe as general goalkeeping. And and the, and the key to that, and I, I get the the word repetitions become a bit of a dirty word in goalkeeping coaching, and it and there's a bit of it, it drives me crazy. Because what you want as the goalkeeper coach and you sitting there as fans, when the ball's shot on the target, you want him to save it. It's a, it really is as simple as that. It's, it's, it, there's, no, there's no magic formula. But if you watch goalkeeping training sometimes on YouTube, you'd think it was a, there's a magic formula to it because they're jumping over hurdles, going around cones and all the rest of it, which I've never, ever seen at St. James's Park on a Saturday or a midweek. So... There's that thing, and, and then you're into wrapping the same techniques because there is only certain techniques, 
but wrapping them up to try and make it as interesting as possible or really to make it as realistic. That, that's, the, that's the sales point. So also going down the route of, um, so we're playing Manchester United at Old Trafford. Uh, Shea was in goal. And on the Friday, obviously, we look at the opposition, what's their strengths and weaknesses as well. And uh, obviously, there was a, a clip of David Beckham, a ball coming across the box, and him hitting it first time. I can't remember who it was against. And it was like, I said to Shea, oh, you know, just be aware that obviously they've got some terrific strikers of a ball. And then we played them away. And, I, and I'm not being funny. That's exactly what we talked about and what we'd seen on the video happened. The ball came across the box. He came out first time and he's pulled off an absolute worldie. And I said to him, we were sitting talking either after or the next day. I said, hey, what about, no, great save. And I said, but, and before I had a chance to say it, he went, yeah, yeah, I saw that yesterday and, and, you know, you told me and we've had a practice at it. And that's, and I've got to say, Martin's been excellent at that. So Martin, Martin's a bit of a, a student of the game, shall I say. Well, to be fair, both of them are. Carl, Carl and Martin are. They'll, they'll, we'll play Saturday. By the time I had my, had my meeting with them on a Monday morning, they had watched themselves back probably spoken to their both of them both to their dads funnily enough got their opinion so it's i know that's a bit maybe a bit biased but at least it's another opinion and then i would sit down with them and i would give my opinion and and a lot of the times before i had a chance to speak they would have told me what they've done right or wrong which again was great that was you know something so i think what i'm really trying to say there's, there's a lot more to it than just like 10 volleys, 10 half volleys off the floor. Um, and as I say, the real thing, I, people people say to me, you know, because I have obviously with some top class goalies, it's like people say to me, well, what could you, what can you teach them? What can you, but I've always been of the opinion you can always teach somebody something. And in that, in the, in the, and at their level, there's something might be a match winning save. It might not, but do you know what I mean? Because you are looking for that. Yeah, I mean, Shea, some of the saves that Shea pulled off in and around the goal were quite unbelievable. But we practiced long and hard, you know, to get that. And he practiced with Terry Geno before he got me, who was terrific. So, yeah, and, and I, I was saying that it's like the Freddie Woodman thing. That's why that's why goalies don't get there till 27, 28, 29. Because by that time, They've put the work in. They've also, if they, if they can't, had match experience. So it's become familiar to them. And then it's obviously obviously been able to handle the crowd and everything, the, the expectation and all the rest that goes with it. So, God, yeah. Shea was good, though, wasn't he? Let's face it. I mean, I'd absolutely like every, pretty much everyone that's going to watch this now and listen to it on the podcast. I, uh, we all would have loved Shea yeah. Given because he was I, just... Uh, the best. I, it didn't really because when I got the job, I was obviously I'd done a couple of full time jobs at Carlisle, Hartlepool. I did Wigan for a little while, mm. and then all, all of a sudden, through John Carver, I got thrown into the first team situation. Terry Kenner went to Celtic. Rude tried to get two other goalkeeping coaches. Didn't happen. I got the job, and just he just said carry on. That, that you know, great. Um. But I didn't. It, it, I didn't realise. Well, 
Yeah, I didn't really, really realise how good Shea was at the time. That's the, that's the thing about it. It's because you work with them every day and you do know their strengths and weaknesses. And somebody was saying to me the other day, uh, in all my time there, uh, I never saw you celebrate a goal. So, you know, like saying that bit was, I took it, I took it the wrong way because I thought they were saying that I wasn't interested. And I said, well, no, it, wasn't that, it wasn't that. It was the fact that I actually spent half of my time watching what Shay was doing or what Steve was doing because that's my job, you know. So are they in the right position? Do I think they're concentrating? I mean, you know, you, 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 you try, I know that sounds really odd. You try and send them a message if you can. Like some of them, um, or, or like Steve Harper, when he played, he he looked over more times than Shay did. Shay was a really a who looked over to find out how long was left, mainly. Where the Harps sometimes would look over if, if he hit, did something good or he hit a good goal kick, he just needed a bit of reassurance. Sometimes Carl can be a bit like that. Whereas Martin doesn't really look; he's quite happy to wait till the end and then talk <laughs> talk about what he's done or hasn't done. So they're they're, they're all they're all different in the way that. Your role for them, like I used to, I mean, I used to hold a spare pair of Shea's gloves. Looking back now, it's ridiculous what you're holding those gloves for. But that was like a bit of a superstition for me and for him. And then then when Hearts played, he, he started doing it as well. And it's like, I used to sit there. I've got some pictures of myself sitting next to Sir Bobby and John holding a pair of goalies gloves. And I'm thinking, why? <laughs> you know, that was that was something that they, you know, so I just look after me gloves. You know, and it, 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 weird little things. So, yeah, that, that's a, that's another bit of the role that's probably with, overlooked. With with Shane Steve in particular, because I mean, it, like I'm a huge, 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 and I know Johnny is as well, huge Shay Given fan, and it still bugs the living hell out of me that Shay didn't get a testimonial, and he left when he did because he should be top of that appearance list for Newcastle United. But with Steve. Did he ever come to you and and show a bit of frustration? Or because I always used to make the point, I remember years and years ago with my friends, if Steve Harper got a move and played week in week out, he'd get an England call up because I thought he was that good. Yeah, definitely. How how did that work with with the the? I mean, the it, was really, it was really yeah, it was really interesting because obviously the chairman at the time, uh, Freddie Shepherd, said that they were they were the best pair of goalies in the Premier League. And, and you have to say they probably were at the time. There, were, there was a couple of others, but they were probably the best. The, the real, the, 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 the best thing I can say of Harps is his standard of work and training on a day-to-day basis was unbelievable. And like you say, if anybody had come and watched and not known and just seen the two of them, you, you might not have got it right. Because it's, and, and then the other side of it is, his ability to not play and then come and play was, I, I honestly really don't know how he did it because he might not play for like four months and then, you know, he, he, has, to, he has a game and the standard of his play was, I mean, unbelievable. So me as the, the coach in the club were absolutely delighted. And then the, the other side of, I mean, obviously he did get frustrated and, um, we tried. We actually tried to sell. We didn't try and sell him. That's not. That's not the right word. Two, <laughs> two people. Two clubs came in for him. Southampton and Wolves, and the 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 just it just wasn't the right. I think one of them wasn't the right deal for the club, 
And then I think one of them actually wasn't maybe the right timing and the, or the thing for, for Steve. But that's, that's, again, dealing with the, yeah, the frustration of not playing. But like I said before, the issue was that the level of, and you just alluded to it, the level of Shea's performance was that good that he couldn't really come and say to Sir Bobby, oh, I should be in the team because he's not doing very well. Because he always did well. You know, so, yeah. But as I say, I can't speak highly enough of the way that over those four years that he, that he kept himself going, fit, able to play, wanted to play, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, just, uh, yeah. It, 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 I can't, I, as I say, looking back now on the two of them, it's like, well, you know, I, I actually, I actually asked Sir Bobby what he felt was the difference, and uh, I've never told anybody this. And uh, he, he said to me one day, he said the only difference I think is that Shea can maybe make a save, an unbelievable save that Stephen can't. And I'm, I, I thought at the time, yeah, okay, I see where you come. I, I still not I'm, to this day, I'm still not sure because I've seen Harps do some pretty. Yeah. Impressive stuff, but again, that's you're dealing with the manager who makes the, the ultimate decision, and and if that's all you can come up with, for me, that's and I and I agree with you. He should have played for England because at the time we were struggling a bit, and if he'd got a run in the team, um, you know, at that time, and he got a run in the team, I think he would have probably been called up. I mean, I think he, I think if I remember right, I think he came quite close, even though he wasn't playing, he became, you know. It was quite close to getting a call, I think. So, yeah. yeah. I was just going to say, I was going to say, you've seen so many good goalkeeping performances. We talked obviously about Shea and Martin in particular, who've made some unbelievable saves in big, big matches. But has there been one standout goalkeeping performance that you've seen from a Newcastle goalkeeper? It doesn't have to be at St James's Park, it could have been away from home, where you just think, I don't think I've seen any better. A great that now that is a really, that really is a great question. Oh, don't tell him that he's going to be going mad in the box this week. After that, I can't. Um, yeah, I, I, I maybe looked at it in a different way if I can say that. So, an important save, uh, a, a, yeah, an important save, a timely save, a clean sheet. So, sometimes when they've even not had much to do, but they've kept a clean sheet. That that meant more than make. Well, I'd have, I'd have to say one of the best goalkeeper performances I've seen was Carl Darlow at Tottenham. Yes, the Ooh. new stadium at Tottenham. It, it was a bit like Tim when he faced twenty. I wasn't there at the time, but when he did he, against Tottenham, he had an absolute worldie. Yeah, twenty-two yes. shots or whatever it was. Well, yeah, that day, that day. We won one nil, a bit of a disputed handball, but Carl's performance that day was probably as close to a match winning as you as you would get. That I'd have to say, yeah. Looking back, you know, I mean, the standout ones for me are like Shea's save against Sunderland at the stadium, a light off Kevin Phillips. Those ones where where you think it's gone in. He made another one in a European game, and I can't think for the life of me where you think it's a goal. And he appeared from nowhere to make a save. Anything? Oh, yeah, cracked it, cracked it, cracked it. But the other thing about is that I also know that goalkeeping is a very thin line. 
So I'm sitting watching Martin Dubravka play against Spain in the European Championships. He sets off, saves a penalty. I'm sat there thinking, oh, that's fantastic. Next minute, oh. So mm. you know now that when he comes back for pre-season, one of your things is you're going to have to deal. Now, he's dealing with it already because he's having to play on. But you, you, I'm going to have to deal with that in some way, shape or form. So there's a, there's a, and, and that's why I never jump up when we score because I thought I'll wait till the end. If I wait till the end and then I've kept a clean sheet, that's great. I'm inside, I'm delighted. But I've never, I've never got carried away because you know that in one second, you know, and the, that you can be sitting there thinking, oh, that's great, this fantastic. And then the next minute's like, oh, right, okay then. Maybe you should have saved that. And then, of course, you get on the bench, you get the other people saying, could you think you could have done a bit better? <laughs> yeah. that's, always a, that's always a tough, always a telling sign to the goalkeeper coach when the other staff are asking you. I think you could have done a bit better. Probably, so, probably. so how do you deal with that then when a when a goalkeeper's had a bit of a stinker and, and made a mistake or two during a game that's that's cost yeah. the team? Um I I I yeah, I I learned another lesson uh, from from Sir Bobby. So we played Liverpool away and um, Shea was in goal and Michael Owen scored past him. And it was one of those where the striker breaks into the box and then he has one more touch. So Shea's come to the near post and he's managed to get the ball across him. It's hit the far post and gone in. Not a glaring error, you wouldn't have thought, because it's Michael Owen and and people, you know, lovely, lovely finish. Not for Sir Bobby. So he was so he was straight on. Uh, do you think he could have done better? What about his positioning? Uh, I'm not sure he dived. Could you, you know, got a dive in? Went through the whole thing. So we had a meeting on the Monday morning, and this was in the uh, the, the realms of video feedback. So you know, obviously, a bit different now. It's a bit more technical. So he said, "I'm going to have a team meeting. Um, everybody's in." He said, I'm going to highlight uh, that Shea's positioning for the goal may not have been. He never said it was a mistake. He just said maybe it could have been a bit better. So I thought, right, I'm going to box clever here. I'm going to go to Shea and say, look, so Bobby's going to have a go about the first goal, Michael Owen's shot. We had a bit of a chat about it. He said, yeah, I maybe got too near the front post. So it was great. I said, look, if he says, just nod your head, don't get involved in an argument, just nod your head. So yeah, yeah I know. So the meeting starts and they were in a horseshoe shape. It was a Chesley Street. We were training at Chesley and uh, we were in a horseshoe shape. And I was sat on, the, we had a pool table, I was sat on the pool table with JC, minding my own business. And I, but I can see Shea, so I'm thinking, I've got it, I've cracked this. So the meeting starts and he goes generally, you know, disappointing 3 1 at so so and so. And then without a shadow light, he turned, he like span round to me. So he's talking to the group, he span round to me and he went, You should be teaching him not to be beaten at the near post. I've, I'm like, sat there. Shea is now, for what, laughing his head off, I'll, I'll say. <laughs> yes. it's me, I've got the blame for not teaching him. In, a, in one way, great management, because it took the thing right off Shea. I'm now, and the lads, of course, think it's great. You know, like, you can see them all. Oh, Simon's getting it, Simon's getting it. Isn't it great? So I, I thought, all right. So I've took it. I've took it. Yeah, okay, okay. And he's carried on with, it, with his chat. And I'm just like sat there, like, you know, head, head down, like, what can you say? And then we've gone outside 
and stupidly I thought I'll do the I'll do the goal practice. So I'm now on the edge of the box doing the Michael Owen role, even though I'm left footed. And as but as I've set it up, Shay said to me, oh, I, know, I know why we're doing this, because he's just had a go at you, which was fine. But what I'd not seen was that the whole group of players were jogging around in their warm-up. And as they've got behind me to a man, they started singing, we know what you're doing, we know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so I, learned very, I learned very early to be careful in how you feed back and not make it too obvious. So, so nowadays, I, oh, sorry, I, shouldn't say, <laughs> I, I now leave it until maybe a day later and then try and bring it into a practice. But as I say, the, to be fair to Carl and Martin in particular, they are very, very good at uh, self-analyzing. Really, really good. I mean, like proper honest. And again, it's like that, that the relationship that you have, the trust and the, you know, and it's it, and it's it's nice sometimes because the manager will come to you and say, have you spoke to him? And he can say, yes, I have. And he said, you know, I should have done better or I was in the wrong position. I was still moving or whatever it might be. So, yeah, but learned, learned my lesson quite early, <laughs> quite early of getting the blame. I think this is probably the genius of Sir Bobby, the genius, isn't it? I, I think, uh, it, was he the best manager that you worked under while you were at Newcastle? Yeah, United? I mean, because... that's a, yeah, I mean, that's another thing. It's like, um, because I was young, well, we were all young. We were all young. John, myself, uh, Paul Winsper, we were all young. I mean, Mick Wadsworth, we had for a little while before he went to Southampton, but then it was just us. Then we got Dave Geddes, who'd been a player of his at Ipswich. So from a learning point, I mean, he was hard to work for, really hard to work for, because like I say, he expected me to be teaching him not to do that. And he expected, yeah, his standards really. So it, was, it wasn't until he, he left and he was poorly. And obviously I had then left as well that I, I could ask him the questions that, you know, that I really, I didn't actually have the bottle, the bottle to ask him at the time. Like he threatened to sack Paul Winsper on New on Christmas Eve because Paul wanted to give us a day off on Boxing Day before we played Leicester. So we were in the we were in with uh, Freddie Shepherd asked us up for a Christmas drink. So we went up, and he said to Paul, uh, "Boxing Day, uh, Christmas Day." And Paul said, "Yeah, well, we'll be off. We'll be fine. Boxing Day at Leicester." And he, you know, well, I, I still don't really know to this day. He said, "Well, if we lose, you're sacked." And we, like all three of us, just looked at each other and walked out. And, in a, and as we were going out, he shouted, Merry Christmas. We got outside the, room, <laughs> outside the room and Paul said, do you think he meant it? And we went on. And anyway, we played Leicester. I don't even remember. We were actually getting beat. I think we were getting beat 2-0. And um, she pulled off a worldie from Paul Dickoff. I can remember that. Anyway, I think we came back to win 3-2. And I have to say, the three of us, Never as relieved as that, because as I say, and but it was nice because later on I got to say to Bobby, would you have sacked Paul? And he just said, well, what do you think? What do you think? And I was like, oh, right, okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe you would have, maybe you would have. <laughs> but um, no, he was, a, he, yeah, as I say, looking back, for, for a, a football person, unbelievable. I mean, I know I was saying before about holding the lad's gloves, but I also held a piece of paper so you would say to me, uh, say if Kieran Dyer misplaced a pass, he'd say, Simon, write that down. And it became a bit of a standing joke. 
because obviously the subs can hear what he's saying. So it's like, oh, Simon, write that down. But at half time, I used to go in and I'd have maybe six, 10, 15 points on my paper. You see Jose now, don't you? He gets his book out and scribbles down. That, that, that's him doing it himself. I, I was the Jose. He's, so Bobby's telling me what to write. But I've got to say, in all the time or so we're there, what, four years, he never once said to me, what have I written down? Or missed out one of the points. So, you know, there's people outside the club saying, oh, he's too old, or oh, he's lost it, all that type of stuff. Unbelievable memory. Unbelievable. Well, apart from when he forgot my name, but that's another story. But <laughs> and introduced me as goalkeeping lad, which I, I still, <laughs> still, sticks day, still sticks to this day. But as I say, from that point of view, tactically, um, unbelievable. You know, I, we, we'd be sitting there and he'd say, and John and I'd be panicking. I think we were playing Tottenham at home and they were all over us. And I mean, like all over us, shade pulling off save after save. And we're, I'm looking at John and John's looking at Sir Bobby. And he said, don't worry, lads, it'll change in five minutes. And we thought, oh, he's, he's gone here. He's gone. He's lost the plot. We're getting absolutely walloped. Lo and behold, five minutes later, we're now on top. And I think we scored just before half time. And John and I, John and I are sitting there saying, how did he know? But he'd had that much experience and that much knowledge. He, he did know. You know, and I think I think that people like Sir Alex Ferguson are very, very similar. They've seen it, they've been there before, they know what the feeling's like. And yeah, and yeah, so I have to say, and then probably Rafa comes very close. Absolute, yeah, proper tactical. Wow. Yeah. Um, very intense, but desperate to succeed. Yeah, and just like so passionate about football and the game and all the rest of it. So, um, yeah, I've been what, looking to work with probably two of the best. Yeah, what were their team talks like, or like their half time talks like? Because, I mean, we've we've spoken in the past to a, a few players um, from Sir Bobby's teams, and you know they'd they'd say sometimes they were brilliant, sometimes they might go on a bit. But yeah. like, I'm just interested to know from you are part of the coaching staff. What was yeah, your well, as I say with Sir Bobby, because I had the list, so I had to stand there, mm. you know, if he did need the thing. But uh, no, it, I have to say uh, an inspirational speaker. And I know what the lads I know what the lads say because sometimes he picked on them. I mean, in one of the games, I remember, I think it might have been actually Liverpool away, he absolutely crucified Nikos Davidas for making a mistake, like proper had to go and, you know, it's not good enough and all the rest of it. In five minutes, he, he had to go at him not good enough, all the rest of it. He then knocked it on its head, spoke to somebody else and then came back to it. And I have to say, built the lad up as though he was the best centre-back we'd ever had. So, so clever at doing that. I mean, what, what he did with Alan was terrific. I mean, you have to say, I mean, love Alan to bits, fantastic. But, you know, everybody knows he was not scoring like he should have been and all the rest of it. And so Bobby comes and he had that thing to lift it the way, the way that he worked with Craig Bellamy, you know? Yeah. There was, there was, yeah. A, 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 a real inspirational speaker. I mean, my, my, uh, when he left, well, when he was sacked, when he left, he, he got us all at the Copthorne and uh, we had a little room at the Copthorne. So all of the, technical staff if you want to so there's myself john dave geddes paul winsper gordon milne 
Charlie Woods, Sir Bobby, and he stood up and he made a speech about letting us down and apologising for being sacked. That I'm gonna, I'm, I'm not think brought tears to your eyes like proper thing, and it's like hang on a sec, and this legend who's managed England and doing all the rest of it is now apologising for being sacked and letting you down, and it's like, but he, but he, he, he had that about him. He had that about him. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people speak about him, but there was, yeah, special, special bloke, special man, special man. 100%. Yeah. 100% echo, um, echo that. Yeah. So, I'll, the, yeah, what I, what I would, what I, the bit that I'm sad about, about that era is that I would have loved to have been involved with the team that he had next. Mm. So he was on the way, he was on the way. So he's got Shea at his prime. He's bringing people into the club, younger players, James Milner, Darren Ambrose, JJ. He brought Clivert, didn't he? I think in the end, yeah. Jonathan Woodgate and it, and if he and it had Bellas already. So it would. I would love to. I know you can't, you can't do it. But I would love to have seen with the way that he organised his team. You could see he was. You know, it's it, don't get me wrong. It's awful for. Gary Speed, God love him, and Nobby and Alan and all the rest of it, and I get that, but that's that's football. It moves on, and I would have really liked to have seen how he replaced that them, and then moulded the team around. Obviously, we had Lauren Robert, uh, Ollie Bernard, you know, people like that who were still good, very good players. Do you know what I mean? But it would have been lovely to see because I think I would have had the faith in him to be able to do it now. The, that's the difference is obviously that like I said before you've got to win every week and and that maybe what I'm trying to say is the patience that you would have needed to get it through maybe wouldn't have worked and then and then, and I've got to say with Rafa the, the I was thinking about this the other day the thing with Rafa was he came into the club and we got relegated and uh, I can remember saying to him you know what we're in the championship and he was he knew everything he knew every, he knew everything about everything, but he knew everything, and he had a plan. And and, and there were times where he would say, you know, I remember saying, you know, there's 46 games, and he said, Simon, I have played every midweek because I've been in Europe. He was like, oh right, okay. <laughs> maybe not Hull on a Tuesday night, but yeah. The, <laughs> the principle of it was that he knew what he was doing, and that that. Yeah, as I say, I've been lucky to work with two. Don't get me wrong, I, the, I know you might, you know, might like this, but Rude Hullett had something about him. He was he, he was just, the thing with Rude was, he was a, he's probably one of the best players in the world. Yeah. And couldn't, and, and it's all right being the best player in the world, but you then got to transmit that to other people. And, and that's maybe where it didn't quite work out as it should have, you know? And yeah. Steve McLaren, unbelievable coach. I mean, like top, top coach. But <laughs> yeah. couldn't get the wins on a Saturday. Yeah, well, yeah, but maybe not getting the best out of the people. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it, the, the, obviously, with management, there's two, there's two sides to it. So yeah, it's been quite interesting. <laughs> Yeah, very interesting. Very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. You spoke how you, you know a fan, Simon. And you're probably one of the biggest fans, biggest fans of Newcastle United. 
I can imagine you must feel very, very confident the way the club's going now. And because you see the players, you said you've seen the players on a on a day to day basis, and you can see them improving. And that must be fantastic to watch. And it probably epitomised with that Arsenal performance at the end of the season. From watching that game in particular, you must feel so yeah. excited about what what could, what could potentially happen in the future. I think I think you've just hit the nail on the head. What could potentially happen? Because there's no, there's no. It, don't get me wrong. It's great. It's great. I, and I'm, you know, I'm so pleased and for 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 everybody. But but there, there is a, for me. There's a little bit of a but. You know, um, how can you, I, I, what I'm trying to say is that you, you you wish that that happens, but there's no guarantee. Mm. Because that's football. Yeah. You know, if I, if I go back to, uh, you know, when we had the spell, and, and obviously it happened with Kevin Keegan before that, where there's been all that, you know, that we've finished third in the league or second in the league, and you think, oh, this is it, you know. And, and I, I, because I've been through that, I don't know whether I'm more cautious, you know. So, like you say, I'm a bit of a, I'm a fan because I want, I want it to happen. But I also know football, you know, where you think, oh, yeah, this is great. We're on our way now. And like I said with the goalkeeping, it's the same kind of thing. You think you've cracked it and then all of a sudden they score and it's like, oh, well, you get a, well, you get a VAR decision and it's like, all oh, right, okay. You know, there's, there's those bits that you can't control that, yeah. So I, I, like you say, potential, I'm hoping, I'm really hoping, but, I'm a bit I'm a bit more cautious probably. Biggest differences you noticed between when you left the first time after Sir Bobby to when you came back with um Steve McLaren. Um gosh. Well the, the I mean the biggest one would be a different owner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so I always had the impression with Freddie that um he want he wanted the club to be Massive. Uh, obviously, I know you spoke to Sir John. It's like that kind of. It was all that northeast getting northeast people, and building the club that way. And then obviously, I got the job when Mike was the owner. And what you had to do there, as a, and I know this doesn't sit with people who support the club because part of it didn't with me, but because I worked there, it did. Is you knew what you were getting into. Mm. You really did. How he ran it, you, you've got to hold your hand up sometimes and say, it was fantastic. From the fans' point of view, it's like, well, any danger of putting some more money into it? Yeah. So you, so yeah. you, knew, but you, but you knew that, as I say, as an, what I'm trying to say is as somebody who worked there, and if you accepted that, and I mean, I, this might sound a bit pathetic, but I took it on to myself. I thought, well, if that's the case, I still want to have the best goalies. So I know mm. what I'm working under. But I still want to have the best goalies for the club, even though I'm not buying to Stegen or Neuer or whoever. <laughs> you know, which is what we might be into next. But do you know what I mean? It's that kind of yeah. But as I say, Freddie Shepherd, from that point of view, was terrific. Was trying to push, you know, and all the rest of it, and with Sir John's backing and all the rest of it still. And then yeah, and then coming back with Mike, you knew what you were getting. But again, so you know what you're getting, but you've got to do the best you can for the club and, like I say, have the best goalies. So, yeah, 
interested. Just finally, Simon, I think you obviously still want to be involved in the game as well. Are you, have you had your break now? Do you want to get back into being a goalkeeping coach or do you still want to go along Long Sands Beach and time out yeah, and just well, the views a bit more? <laughs> um, it's, you know, I, I knew when I left, uh, and that's all I'll say, when I decided I was going to leave and I left, I knew that it would be very difficult to get another job doing the same job in the Premier League because there's only 19 other people who do it. So there's a bit of me that I would love to, I'd love to, but the chances are slim. So what I'm doing at the minute is walking on Tynemouth Long Sands, but also starting to explore some other avenues, if you want. So probably going back to the Football Association and doing some coach education, that seems to be a possibility. Um, I got involved in some cricket coaching. Um and had wicket keepers come into the club, Johnny uh-huh. Bairstow, different people, um, Garrett Jones, James Foster, uh, through the years. And then uh, with a lad called Paul Farbrace, who was England's yeah. assistant coach. Yeah, yes. um, I, I love the transferring of the skills from goalkeeping to wicketkeeping because it's for them it's different and for me it's different. So there's a lot of it, you know, the same principles, if you want, catching and I love the thing that obviously in cricket catching is key. You can't you can't, if you drop it, that's it's no good. You know, and in goalkeeping you can make a parry, but in cricket that's no good. So there's bits of it like so. I, I'm hoping that we're going to get together and do something um, again, more player coach education type of stuff. Uh, I'm saying that if Rafa Benitez get, gets another job, I'd like to think that he might take me with him. Um, so I'm not. What I'm trying to say is I'm not ruling. I'm not really ruling out, but I'm also realistic with the fact that you know I may have to. Just, just unrelated. I'm just checking just to see when we when we play Leicester this season. Don't know why. No. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> It'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> um, just a final one for me, Simon. Um, who is the best goalkeeper in the world? Now, that, that, that is a Rafa Benitez question. So, as a test, he used to say to me, on, not on a daily basis, but every other day, come on then, who's your top three? Who's your top three? I, I, I know he's not there now, but uh, Buffon, of, Buffon was me top. Yeah, I mean, I had the pleasure of seeing him play against us for Juventus. Yeah. Really good. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he's, been, he's been the best because, I mean, the thing that I really like him is that He's played at that level for so long. He's played at that level for so long and at the, at the highest standard. So, you know, it, yeah, I'd have to say. Simon, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the Green and Miller Show. It's been absolutely brilliant talking all things goalkeeping and Newcastle night. We do wish you the very best of luck in getting a job elsewhere. And again, enjoy those lovely views of uh, Long Sands and Tynemouth because I tell you what, they're the best views in the world, Sam. You're yeah. going to have to have a look at these views. But for myself, Jonathan Greenwood, Sam and our guest, Simon Smith, we'll see you all very That's soon. Good. Newcastle Fans TV. The Greenwood and Mulliner Show is proudly sponsored by Casa San Lorenzo Gosforth, the best Italian cuisine in the northeast. Reserve a table today on 0191 213 0399 or visit casasanlorenzo.co.uk.